This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 58. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and this is part two of our series on home. Today, I'm chatting with working mom Rebecca Hamilton about homemaking. In the sometimes heated topic of stay-at-home and working moms, there tends to be two extremes. The first being that the best way to love your family is by staying home as a mom and that if you're not doing that, you can't create a loving home. And the second being, it doesn't matter whether you work or stay home, you just do what's best for you and your family and homemaking doesn't need to be a part of that. But is it possible that part of our vocation as wives and mothers, and maybe even our nature as women, is to keep and nurture a loving home? whether or not we work outside of it. I loved what Rebecca had to share, and I think you will too. Thanks for listening in today. Here's my chat with Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. I am excited to chat with you, but I would love for you to start us off and just tell us a little bit about you and about your family and maybe about your work as well. Sure. So it's myself, uh, my husband, Joseph, and we have one son, John Paul, who'll be two in February. Um, and then we are expecting another little one in July. July so exciting. 12th. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, and then we also have my sister-in-law. Her name is Macrina. She lives with us in our house. Um, and we employ her as John Paul's nanny. So it's we kind of have this sweet little family here. Um, and my husband is finishing his degree in civil engineering, um, and I work as a fiscal consultant for the state legislature here in um, Sacramento. Very neat. Okay, so did you, did your husband and his family grow up in that area, and then you guys have kind of stayed out there? No, actually, my husband grew up um, in the Tacoma Gig Harbor area of Washington. Oh, okay. And yeah, we kind of have a crazy. We met in North Carolina, actually, um, and I'm from California originally, so we met when he was visiting his brother in North Carolina, he was in Seattle. So he flew back to you know the Seattle area. We went, we were long distance for a few years before we got married. And then um, I ended up moving back to California to work, um, to do public policy here at the Capitol. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crazy. Yeah. So did you know, did you know his brother first then? Is that I how? Yeah. I knew his older brother, um, he was a student at Belmont Abbey College, and I was a focus missionary there. So that's how I knew his brother. And then, yeah, Joe came out and visited, and it was just one of those immediate um, connections. So Very neat. And um, so the fiscal work you're in now, is that something you kind of had always anticipated or something you always enjoyed, um, or has it been was it kind of like a discovery process for you, your career path? Yeah, it definitely is both. And because I always, I always was attracted to public policy and sort of that analytical, um, looking at different ways of doing things um, at a government level, but the transition to doing the fiscal side of things. So I, I deal with like the budget that was a new, I never saw myself going into the budget. You know, people always ask mm. me, oh, you must be so good at math. And no, I was a philosophy major. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there definitely is numbers involved, but um, a lot of a lot of what you have to do with the numbers you can do through Excel. Um, and most of my job takes just like an analytical mind strong writing skills, um, strong critical thinking skills. And so that that's always something that I've excelled in. And so in a sense, it is kind of my perfect um, fit. Um, so that's been nice. But That's neat. I love yeah. that. Um, so when you think about your life now, what comes to mind when you think about how you personally live out the Great Commission as a mom? Yeah, I really love that question um, because I think being a mom puts you in a really natural position to live out the Great Commission. Um, because you're being, you're, you're called as a, as a, well, you know, as we look at it as a Catholic mom, a Christian mom to be making little saints, um, out of your children or to be helping them become saints. So that discipleship aspect is really important. Um, and I love that idea of mothers and fathers discipling their children and entering into that relationship, um, instead of just, 
giving them the knowledge or setting these rules, but actually entering into this discipling relationship, um, which I think then teaches them to go out and do the same and to enter into a relationship. And, you know, like the Great Commission says to go out and um, make disciples of all nations. So I think the, the that mother-child relationship is like the perfect the perfect model for that. So mm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, my son is obviously young at this point, um, but still teaching about our faith in a relationship um, instead of just kind of, here's all the facts and here's the rules. Um, so I kind of think that's, that's how I view, um, yeah, the Great Commission as a mom. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. And I love, I love what you said too at his age, like that it's, what it looks like right now is just a loving relationship and like mm-hmm. showing him the love of the father. And, um, I'm kind of like in that stage as well with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited now with my four-year-old to be able to start, um, you know, we're able to like lean over at mass and talk to her about mm-hmm. different things that are like going on in the liturgy or, um, talk about things, you know, at home a little bit more, but, um, yeah, it's kind of fun in those early, in those early stages where you're just starting mm-hmm. to be able to introduce that and just really just showing your kids the love of God. So I love that you mentioned that. Um, so Rebecca, you we are in the same online Catholic moms group, and you said something a few months ago that really struck me, and I have like thought about it a lot since then. <laughs> and so I've been looking forward to the series on home life because I was like, I've got to have her on to ask her about it. <laughs> Because basically you said something um, along the lines of uh, how you believe that working moms were also homemakers. Mm -hmm. And that was so interesting for me because like when I see, for example, like occupation on a form Mm -hmm. that I'm filling out, Mm -hmm. I I almost always say homemaker Mm -hmm. because I kind of equate that to stay at home mom. Mm But I'd love to know how how would you define homemaker? Yeah, I think I was actually thinking about the form, like the occupation and the form thing, um, as well. When you know, I saw this the question of how would you define that? Um, because I don't, I definitely don't want to, I don't want to equate the two, like a stay at home mom's role as a homemaker and the working mom as a homemaker. Um, I don't want to say, oh, it's exactly the same thing, um, because you know, I do think there are differences, but I think I do, I think I have a unique take on the definition because, you know, I am working outside the home, but I still do consider myself a maker of the home. Um, And so I think my definition, I try to focus on vocation and not necessarily on occupation. And, And in that sense, it means that my vocation as a woman and a wife and a mother involves nurturing. And I think that the vocation thread um, is consistent throughout life circumstances. So whether, you know, whether um, I'm married with children or maybe single or, you know, you know, God forbid in the future, um, you know, you know, widowed or, you know, in any circumstance that I have that my vocation is to nurture those around me, to love those around me. Um, and, and then I think especially as a wife and a mother, I do think that there is a calling to keep and nurture the home. Um, and I think sometimes that does run against, um, you know, a lot of messages from culture. And it doesn't mean that I do everything in the home and my husband doesn't do anything. But I I feel this strong calling on my heart to make our home this loving and warm and um, nurturing atmosphere that my husband supports and and works to try to achieve, but he doesn't have the same, that same calling, I think that same desire. And, and so I think it also connects to like this idea of doing it from a place of love versus doing it from a place of like duty or, oh, it's my job or, you know, it's, I have to do it. And so I, I was, I was reflecting on, you know, the idea of sweeping up the kitchen or doing all these chores and, trying to do them from a place of this is so that my home is clean and orderly and we can enjoy it, but it's, I'm not necessarily just doing it because this is my role as a homemaker or this is my role as a woman, you Mm -hmm. know, but I'm doing it 
because I love my home and I love my child and I love my husband mm-hmm. so much. So I think that's kind of where I've landed. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed exploring this life as a, a homemaker, as someone who loves the home, but also um, in our circumstances is working outside the home. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered your question. Yes, you did. I, I really love that so much. I, I like how you're saying that it's it comes from a, a place of love and not necessarily a place of like duty or obligation, but because you mm-hmm. love your husband and your kids and you want them to grow up in a loving home, that's where that comes from. And I also love how you talked about it's it also comes from, you know, vocation and not necess- thinking of it as a vocation and not necessarily like occupation. Yeah, I think that's really insightful. Um, and I think you're onto something with just kind of our innate, you know, who we are as women wanting mm-hmm. to like nurture and, um, make a home. And, um, yeah, so I can, I can totally see that where you're coming from. I, I think, um, just what I was just thinking about this when you said that as our innate, I think it can also look different, um, you know, in your different stages, you know, as a single woman, you have more f- freedom maybe to nurture um, those outside of your family. So the less fortunate or, um, you know, you can do a ministry that maybe is harder to do once you're married with a, with a family. And so I think it can look different. It doesn't always have to look like, you know, the keeping of the home. Cause when you're single, I think it's a little bit easier to, keep, well, I found it a little bit easier to keep the home when I was right. single. And so you have a little bit more time for maybe, um, you know, works of mercy um, and those sort of things that you could be called to um, to nurture those outside of your own immediate circle. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like thinking of it as a broader term than just like housekeeping. <laughs> like I, I, I love how you brought in like when you're single that it's, you know, it might look more like acts of mercy and like reaching out because you have a little bit more time for that kind of out of the home or maybe Mm -hmm. even in the home, like Mm -hmm. ministry, you know, um, that's beautiful. And how, you know, when you're a wife and a mother, it's primarily, you know, your immediate family. Um, yeah, I really like that a lot. Um, so thinking about you specifically in, and your work away from the home and then, um, coming back. And I know there's quite a few women that listen to the show who are working moms who either, you know, work from home or leave the home and, um, work outside the home. Um, and I think there's like a struggle with like, if you're away from the home, how, how are you able to spend time making a home, I guess. I know that's kind of a long-winded question, but um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I definitely understand. I I think, and I was thinking about this question, when I was thinking about this question, it did force me to think about how how do I do this? How do I go about prioritizing? And I, I think it comes back to, I have to be super intentional with the time where I am home because um, I don't have kind of the ease of schedule of being home and being able to, oh, let's go grocery shop. And I'm not saying that like being at home, you have an easier schedule, but because I'm away from the home for those um, seven or eight hours um, per day, I do have to plan and be intentional about my time at home. Um, And I also think, that, you know, looking at the trade-offs. So for example, we chose to live very close to my work. So I have a seven minute, I bike into work. So I have a seven minute commute. Wow. Um, and it's, you know, our rent is a little bit higher. Um, we could never buy in this area because it's, you know, it's such a great location because it's close to um, the city. It's not our ideal. We would probably like to be more rural and closer to nature and wildlife, kind of how we both grew up, but it's sort of a trade-off or it is a trade-off we're making right now so that I don't have an hour commute. So I can get home at 5.15 um, and I can leave the house at like 8.45 or 
Um, and then, you know, even down to choosing my current um, position, I, I'm, I've been in this position, position specifically for about a year. And um, I switched from um, a previous job. It was a very similar, the same job title, but it was for a different organization. Um, and part of the reason I switched was the hours were much more flexible. They allowed me to create my own hours. And um, if something came up, I could, you know, as long as I'm getting my work done and um, making all my meetings and producing a good work product, they said you're you're in charge of um, your schedule, uh, more or less, especially during certain times of the year, because the legislature is sort of, it's cyclical in its um in its seasons, there's really busy times and then there's really slow times. So just kind of those decisions um, allow me, I think, to have more time at home and to focus on the home. And so, um, yeah, and I, I've also, I found just, you know, to make the best of the time where I am at home. Um, and then like going back to what we were saying before, I, I do approach it as sort of like a mindset. Um, that I want to be creating a certain home. Um, but I think because the time, because I don't have that much time here, I have to decide what my essentials are. Mm. So I, I can't be, you know, looking on Pinterest for hours, trying to decide what I'm going to do for this or that. Like I have to just decide, okay, for Advent or while well, we're Byzantine Catholic. So, um, we call it the nativity fast. So mm. What are the, what are the three things we're gonna do and do well because we can't do everything um, and so it just kind of forces me to focus and say and, and but I do so I can't I, I don't know I can't um, set myself up and say okay if X Y and Z are not done then I'm not a real mom or a real homemaker because that would be I think setting myself up for failure so just deciding these are the things that I think would be lovely in our home and would cultivate, you know, a home that um, loves Christ. Mm. Let's just focus on getting those mm. and doing those well. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's great. I love what you said about that intentional time. Um, because I think about my own schedule and even like just what you said about the grocery store. It's like, yeah, I pretty much have the flexibility. I can go to the grocery store almost any day, you know, anytime. And so, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking about that and I I can see how, how you'd want that time to be so intentional um, when you are home and even, you know, making the choice to be closer um, to work so that you're able to get home quicker. And yeah, I can just see how those um, intentional choices help. And then in terms of the essentials that you were mentioning, I, I love that too, because I think that can just apply to anyone just feeling um, overwhelmed, you know, mm -hmm. maybe like keeping up with a house isn't necessarily a gift or maybe creativity is not necessarily a, a mm -hmm. gift of someone and it can feel overwhelming to, you know, even just the idea of like, oh, how do I make my my home feel like warm and like welcoming and that can be overwhelming I think to some people and so I I love what you said about the just like having essentials for you like this is what it looks like mm -hmm. could you tell us about like what some of those essentials are for for you and for your family definitely yeah I um I think for our home um quality time together like making sure that there's time where we're spending time just talking or doing an activity um for me also um being able to cook every night from scratch and be able to provide like nutritious food is really important to me it's a big priority and then keeping the home relatively ordered i wouldn't say right now i have the capacity to keep a perfectly clean home. When I was on maternity leave, I was able to like implement this whole cleaning schedule. And I look back at pictures <laughs> and my house was so clean. Um, but now we really focus on um, keeping things ordered, like things having a place and especially for um, my son's things, just to make sure um, that he has a sense of order um, so that he can kind of enjoy his space and feel um feel calm and peace with how the house 
is. Um, so I think for us, and then we do prioritize, um, you know, getting outside and being in nature. Um, because my husband's a student, he can't always join us. So a lot of times it'll be me and my sister-in-law and John Paul, you know, going and doing things together or, um, so hopefully that will change when my husband is graduated and not, um, studying all the time. But yeah, I think for me, I started with thinking, what is my ideal home and family life? And then I said, well, what things do I need to achieve to get to that place? Mm -hmm. And obviously it's never perfect. Um, it's always, there's always, you know, days where you're like, everything's falling apart. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> but for the for the meals and the food, we usually do like a grocery pickup type situation. Mm, yeah. And honestly, I used to love grocery. I still love grocery shopping, mm. but it's one of those trade offs I make because to we to to have that time away from the home grocery shopping, it either won't happen because we do usually have things going on on the weekends. So either, and I have to do it on the weekends. So it either won't happen, and then we don't have food in the house, and then we ended up we end up just eating um, poorly, or you know, I, I feel like I'm not, you know, providing nutritious food for the family. So um, we usually, I usually do a grocery pickup on the weekends, and yeah, you know, sometimes the produce isn't exactly what I would have picked out, or there are substitutions, but I think it's worth it because then I it's consistent that we're going to have food in the house and I'm going to be able to cook every night, which I, I really enjoy. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of starting with the ideal, like what, what's important to your family, what's the character of your family and then what practical steps do I have to take to kind of make those things happen? Hmm. That's neat. Yeah. So I, I like that idea and and that advice of like figuring out what um, is most important to like you and your family and like for you mentioning like that quality time and like nutritious meals and like being outdoors and um, yeah, I really, I I like that advice a lot and I'm wondering for um, other working moms, do you have any other tips for like trying to um, find that balance at home and, um, at work and with family? Um, I would say, I think I I didn't really mention this kind of when I was talking about our family values and everything, but I do think prayer is really important as a family Mm -hmm. (laughs) because sometimes as a working mom, I do feel like you're trying to do everything at once. Um, but I think prayer kind of Ah, focuses you on what's the most important. Um, and you can just give yourself grace in the other areas. Um, and then like going back to what I said about the trade-offs um, and figuring out the pain points for you. So for me, I coming home from work, I don't like, um, I can't really just come home and be like, oh, what are we, I'll just come up with something to eat. Um, tonight I have to, it's, it's much easier for me if I have it already planned out. And then I just come home mm-hmm. and I look at my little, I use Evernote, um, an app. It's like a note taking app. And so I use Evernote for all of my meal planning and my grocery lists. So I just go onto Evernote and the groceries have already been ordered and are in the house. And I see, oh, that's what we're cooking tonight. Um, and then it's like no decision fatigue is just, everything's already planned out in that arena. And so then you just make dinner and, um, yeah. And then I think another thing I would say is just giving um, yourself grace and not comparing yourself. I think that's a good, I think that's good advice for any mom, because I think every, like you were saying, every mom has different strengths. And um, I think the best thing that we can do is sort of focus on our strengths, because if you try to compare yourself or you try to force yourself, like I am, I'm not a crafty person at all. And, um, so if I tried to force myself to to craft or to, um, to knit or those kind of things, it just, it would never be as good as someone who just, it comes naturally and it wouldn't, wouldn't make me more joy filled or it wouldn't make me feel more fulfilled in my vocation. And then I think it's the same for other moms that maybe 
you know, being outdoors is not their thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They see all these, you know, Instagram videos or something of these kids outside. And so they're like, I'm going to force myself to do it, but it doesn't bring their family joy or um, it just makes their life harder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm not comparing yourself and then focusing on what you love and what, what the natural gifts that God has given you. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's like, yeah, like you said, I feel like that's great advice across the board. Like whether you're a working mom or stay-at-home mom is, yeah, figuring out what works for you and for your family. And I love what you talked about with like the pain points as well. Because I think about even for um, my own like day-to-day life and um, something as small as for me, like if the counters in the kitchen are like sticky and crumb filled Mm. I'm like more stressed out (laughs) and so even if there's like dirty dishes in the sink but the counters are wiped down I like just feel better about Mm. about my day and about my home and so yeah or for you like with the grocery shopping thing too (laughs) just knowing there's food in the house I don't know what it is but I just knowing that there's food in the house and that everything's planned out in that arena um but, and actually I, I thought of one more thing, like, I guess it's like kind of a mom hack or something yeah. um, that could be for working moms, especially because sometimes I do feel like we have to overlap some of our, um, some of our duties and some of the things we do. I mm. found that kind of involving my son, even though he's only almost two, involving my son in the chores around the home kind of serves multiple purposes because one, I can actually get some cleaning done. Um, and two, yeah. I'm spending time with my son. So it's not one or the other. Like I'm not um, putting, you know, it, it's kind of combining those two. And then it also, I think, teaches, they really enjoy it, you know, especially at two. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure you know that, but they really like helping mom and learning um, kind of those skills of those practical life skills. So that's definitely been something that um, you know, obviously the chores, um, slow down a little bit and you can't get them done as efficiently, but, um, but I think that goes back to, you know, if what I was saying about, um, doing it from a place of love, <laughs> but sometimes that is mm-hmm. hard when you're like, oh, I could totally clean this bathroom in five seconds, but <laughs> Right, <laughs> like everything out of the you know, but trying to involve them as you're kind of going about your daily life, I think, um, has made it easier on me, I think, and um, sort of relieved some of the pressure too to have this perfect home because I'm like, well, I'm involving him, and maybe that means that I'm not getting done five chores, but I'm only gonna get the bathroom clean. But it was a really great experience, and it was bonding, and it teaches them, um you know, really great skills that I think they have a good, a, a great desire for that kind of purposeful work at that age. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a good mom trick. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. And I, um, I was talking about this in a previous episode as well. Um, I really struggle with saying to my kids quite a bit, like, like when they ask to play and I'm, and I say, oh, just let me finish this. Mm-hmm. Oh, just let me finish the dishes. Just let me do this. Mm-hmm. And I think a great solution to that is if there's like a lot to get done, just inviting them into it, even though it does take longer than, and it might be a little bit more messy and chaotic. I think, I think then they feel, you know, important as like, yeah. oh, I'm a part of this family and I can yeah. help with the dishes or help with sweeping and then you have to, you know, re-sweep really quick afterwards. But I and think that's... Sometimes you have to take a couple big breaths when, you know, they're helping with dishes and they just take a little bowl and <laughs> empty the water on the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Moment. And we're going to talk about where the world goes. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so great and so true. Um it reminds me, my daughter this year is doing, uh, she's four, she's doing um, something called Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I which, love Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Oh, okay, good. So you've heard of it. So it's, mm. we, we did an episode on it. It's kind of like um Montessori style approach to 
um, teaching the kids the faith basically. And, um, I, I sat in on a couple of the classes and, you know, I try and sit in the hallway now. So she at least has like a little bit of space, but every (laughs) once in a while she like pokes her head out to see if I'm there. Um, and, uh, something that really amazed me was the, the product, the things that the kids are working with Mm -hmm. are, things that can break easily or things that can spill or, and just seeing how the catechists or the guides like respond to those situations and just thinking about how I respond to those situations at mm-hmm. home. Like sometimes I can be um, frustrated mm-hmm. and it's it's been really inspiring to me where, you know, um, for example, my daughter was doing a work with, um, basically like beads and strings where she was stringing, stringing beads basically. And, um, she picked it up, but from the wrong end and all the beads, you know, fell off onto the floor and she started crying and started coming to me actually in the hallway. And then the catechist came up and the way that she responded with just like, Oh, you know, you know what, I bet we can find some friends here that are, that would love to help us pick up all these colorful beads. And she was just, you know, so gentle and wonderful about it. And that was so inspiring to me. And it, that calmed my daughter down, like, cause she was, you know, on the verge of tears and, and that was able to calm her down because, oh, now, you know, all the kids are coming over to help. And it was more of like a, yeah, it was just such a great learning experience. So, um, I love what you're saying too about yeah, about inviting inviting your kids into that and how that is helping them learn and grow. And um, yeah, I think I, I still have a lot to learn in that that area, but but I, I, I love thinking about that and thinking about how I can incorporate that more with, with my kids. Um, so Rebecca, something else I wanted to ask you about is um, we're, so we're in Advent now, although you said for you, for a Byzantine Catholic, it's called a nativity fast. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I know, I, and I don't know like what your work is looking like right now, but I, I can imagine like when I go out of the house with the kids, even to, you know, a grocery store or to like a bookstore or whatever, it's kind of like crazy. <laughs> like everything's busy and people are rushing and you know, trying to get things done before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like even coming home from that, I feel kind of like exhausted <laughs> just from like, oh, you know, the craziness that we can come home and like breathe a little bit. So I was wondering for you in your workplace, if you're feeling that at all, mm-hmm. and if you're able to still achieve that like quiet and peaceful Advent at home, or mm-hmm. if it's difficult to kind of separate you know, what might be a chaotic work environment or outside the home environment? That's a good question. I think I'm really blessed right now with my work because um, the legislature is actually out of session until January 7th. Um, oh, okay. Or, well, yeah. actually, we, we basically start up January 7th, um, again, with um, being much more busy. And so we have had pretty significant downtime since September, um, and I am really grateful how that overlaps, one, with um, the Nativity Fast or Advent, um, and then also with the first trimester pregnancy being um, pretty exhausted. So it's actually been pretty nice that my work is very relaxed right now. We don't have a lot of high-pressure um, meetings or um work products do. There is still work to be done, which is good because you don't really want to be at work with nothing to do, but um, it is a much more relaxed atmosphere until January. The spring gets, the spring gets um, very busy. And so, you know, that um, overlaps with Easter and um, uh, uh, the, what we call the great fast. Um, So, and, but I do, I do think one of the nice things about the parish that we attend, um, it's actually, it's a Melkite Catholic church, but it's under the Byzantine rite. Um, so it's Eastern, you know, Catholic liturgy. Okay. Um, they do strongly live out the liturgical life in the sense that it's a small parish and there's always 
liturgies going on that correspond with the liturgical season. So for mm. all of, um, you know, and this is actually only my second year um, attending, but my husband grew up um, Eastern Catholic and I grew up Roman Catholic. So I've just been really blown away with how the community um, lives liturgically as a community. So there's a little bit less pressure on each individual household to be doing all the things. Um, I still mm. obviously think that there's a call, you know, as um, I think it's the catechism or an encyclical talked about, you know, the domestic church. I do think there's a call to be creating and living the domestic um, church in our homes. But what I do find nice about this parish is it's only about two to 300 people. So you get to know everyone pretty well. And um, like, for example, tonight, um, it's, um, you know, St. Nicholas's feast day. And so there's a, there's a big special liturgy, a divine liturgy tonight, um, celebrating St. Nicholas. And then there's a huge party afterwards and St. Nicholas is going to be there. And, you know, all the kids, they have games. And, um, so there's a little bit less pressure to, we, we still did the shoes out, um, this morning. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's nice that my work is slower and that we have this strong parish, um, life to kind of anchor us, to really anchor us, because otherwise it would be really easy to just to just have faith be on Sundays um, when you have a busy work because you're just overwhelmed with work and you kind of bring it home with you. Do you know what I mean? Like you're saying, you bring yeah. home the stress of the stores and, and being out and kind of that frenetic energy. That definitely happens when it gets busy in the spring, but um, it's nice having our parish kind of as our anchor. It's been a huge blessing for us. Mm, that's beautiful. I, I love hearing that. How a, a vibrant, like on fire parish um, that, you know, just like loves and embraces like liturgical living and encourages it with families, how that, it, that's just awesome. I just love hearing that. Um, we are blessed to have um, a similar, similar parish. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for that. It's um, really, it's really nice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. I, I love that. Um, so how has this season been for you? Um, I know you're in the early stages of, um, of your pregnancy still, but being, being pregnant during this time of year, have you, have you thought much about it or have you, um, yeah. How, how has it been for you? I don't know when you were pregnant, like the time of year you were pregnant with your first one, but, um, yeah. Any thoughts on that? I was pregnant last time through, um, through Advent, but okay. I was, I was a lot more pregnant. So I, with, um, my first son, John Paul being due in February, I was pretty pregnant oh, yeah. <laughs> this time of year, yeah. um, two years ago. Um, you know, I, with this one, I haven't really reflected in the same way mm -hmm. upon, you know, connected in the same way to Mary. Um, as mm -hmm. she pr um, prepares um, to bring Christ into the world. I, I think, I don't know if it's just because, oh, it's first trimester, and I have really easy first trimesters, so I, I forget that I'm pregnant a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. But I'm really glad you yeah. brought that up because that's definitely something that I should probably be incorporating and thinking about because, mm. yeah, it's a really beautiful time to be pregnant. <laughs> And I can imagine like having your first son due in February and, uh, we have friends right now that are due, I think on Christmas Eve, actually, oh. like that is so much more cause you're f so much further along mm -hmm. and, you know, at, you know, at that point you were probably, you know, feeling some movement mm -hmm. and like we're showing more and it was just, yeah, at that point it's, it feels a lot more, um, like it's coming soon, right. like the baby's coming soon, right. you know, Christ is coming soon. That connection's a little bit easier to make, but, um, yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's neat. So Rebecca, I'd love to ask you, how have you seen the Lord at work in your life the last year? Um, I would say probably in finding this community that we're in, I think my husband and I were pretty desperately seeking for seeking after a parish, um, after we were first married and it was every Sunday, we'd just kind of go to a different parish or we'd go to whatever parish. I mean, where we are, there are just a ton of different parishes. And so we'd go to 
whichever one, you know, the time worked or then a few times we thought, okay, let's really try to pick a good parish and be consistent. And then we would, but we wouldn't really feel like it was where we were supposed to be. And then even up to when my son was born, we um, needed to have him baptized and um, we didn't really have like a parish where it was clear that he should be baptized. So we contacted the one that we'd kind of been going to the most. And so it just was sort of, we felt um, homeless kind of without a parish. And so, but in the last year, year and a half, he, um, the Lord has really guided us to this parish um, that has answered like every single one of my prayers. And I was almost getting to the point where I was thinking, Lord, I've been asking for a community and you know, I need community. I've always needed a community. Um, I went to a really small Catholic college. I was a focused missionary. So there was a natural community there. Um, even in my grad school days, we had, I lived in a women's Catholic household. Um, so there was community there. And so then, and then I graduate from grad school and get married. And suddenly it's like, I have obviously the community of my husband, but a greater community, I think is really needed, especially especially as a married couple, I think. Um, so we went, I would say two years, let's see, so we were married yeah, about two years without year and a half um, feeling no community. And so finally, finally, of course, the Lord's timing is perfect. Um, those prayers were answered and I couldn't believe that this beautiful parish had been kind of under <laughs> our noses the whole time. Um, and it's also been a really beautiful gift to discover the Eastern, um, this other side of our church, of the Catholic church. Um, and I've learned so much about some of the ancient traditions and um, because a lot of the liturgy, you know, has not been changed at all. And so it's been pretty amazing to learn about some of the ancient customs and how um, different fasts and feasts and traditions were in the early Christian church. Um, and then also it, it's been a blessing. Um, our church, the Melkite church um, is originated uh, from uh, Peter kind of moving across the middle or the near East, you know, going up to Rome. And so um, ethnically you have Lebanese, you have um, Palestinian Christians, you have Syrians. Um, there's some families from Iraq remember if I'm forgetting I'm probably forgetting a few but it's been really beautiful because a lot of these families have been Christian for over a thousand years and um, you know just to hear about their faith and their stories um, and sort of get that cultural context has been a really beautiful gift I think for us um, yeah so it's been a, a good place for our son there's lots of um, families so I really, really love that a lot. And, um, yeah, my husband and I have been talking, we'd love to check out, um, uh, Byzantine, Byzantine church at some point. Um, and there's one nearby us and we haven't, haven't been to liturgy there yet, but, um, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I love hearing, um, just about, um, the liturgy and like the feasts and fasts and also like the cultural mm -hmm. diversity mm -hmm. there and, that's so special. And I also, um, I think it's great that you said that, you know, it took a couple years to find mm -hmm. that parish. Cause I think a lot of people are in that place of feeling like they don't have community and they had community mm -hmm. before, um, maybe when they were single or newly married and now they feel like they don't have that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love that you said that, you know, it just took some time and like finally your, your prayers were answered, but it was the Lord's timing. And yeah, I, I just, I think that's really encouraging. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, and then I'd love to ask you, what is your favorite part of your home and why? Um, I really love our bedroom has these huge windows kind of taking up most of the wall or like three quarters of the wall. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And in our backyard, we have a huge avocado tree. I'm really bad at estimating height, but it's massive. There's this massive avocado, avocado tree. And then we have a, I 
think it's 40 or 50 years old, a rose garden that was planted originally with the house. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, by wow. the original owner. So they're like heritage roses that we do nothing, we do nothing to them. And every year we get gorgeous roses. Wow. <laughs> they're always asking me for gardening tips and I want to tell them, I'm, I'm a terrible gardener, but these roses. <laughs> so it's really nice in the morning to like open up the blinds and um, just have, just be able to see that in the morning and let some really pretty natural light in. So I love that. And then we also um, just recently um, started putting our icons up on our mantle and then putting some candles and sort of making a family altar. And so that's, that's going to become a new um favorite place and um traditionally like in an eastern home you would have or this is my understanding (laughs) you would have kind of an icon corner so we're trying to find a space in our home that would work for that but right now we're just kind of putting our icons on the on the mantle with some candles and making that kind of like the prayer space Hmm. beautiful I love that and um what have you been loving recently Oh, this, I love this. I love this question on your podcast because I love hearing people's answers. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. They're so different sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have two things. I have really been loving, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, but it's the brand Walida, Walida, W-E-L-E-D-A. It's like a skincare um, brand and I think you can buy it at like Whole Foods or you know, sprouts, um, or I, I bought mine at Target, I think actually. And it, so the, the, what I'm loving is the lotion called skin food. And yeah, it's this really rich, it's probably the richest lotion. I I use it on my face and I, but I think you can use it on your hands or anywhere that gets dry. Um, and so it gets pretty dry here in California in the winter. And I imagine, you know, in other parts of the country too, just as the winter um, comes in that it, you know, people's skin can get, at least my skin gets really dry. So I have just been loving, it's just this luxurious and it's the only thing that's been able to keep my skin moisturized like throughout the day. Like it, I can feel it even now um, halfway through the day or quarterly through the day. So that's been amazing. And then the other thing I've been loving is um, a Spotify album. It's called winter tidings i think if you just search for that you could find it but it's it sounds celtic um and it's winter there's some christmas um but it's not a lot of the christmas is just instrumental yeah. oh neat yeah. yeah but it's actually like appalachian so it reminds me of like nickel creek if you've ever heard nickel creek or like allison Krauss. It's just been really beautiful and like a lot of traditional um, songs on there, but they're done in sort of like a Appalachian, really relaxing. So we've been listening to that a lot. (laughs) Very neat. I'll have to check that out because I've been wanting to find more uh, wintry music, not necessarily um, Christmas music. So I think that'd be a good place to start maybe that's exactly how I would categorize it like it's not there are like I think joy to the world is on there but it's it's instrumental and it's really beautiful it's not like Hmm. heavy Christmas (laughs) yeah that makes sense very cool um and then my last question for you is do you have any mom hacks to share um or something that's maybe making your life a little easier uh for me I feel like I always go back to the cooking pre-cut garlic <laughs> has been a huge uh, yeah. for me. I just, there's something about even, I even have a garlic press, but there's something about having to, I, I guess I cook with garlic a lot, but having to do the garlic yeah. and it just gets sticky on my hands and it's just slows things down. So now I just buy these little things in the grocery store that are the pre-cut and I can just grab a little bit, just use a little teaspoon. You know, it says how many teaspoons equal one clove or whatever. So that has honestly been such a stress reliever um, in the kitchen for me. So yeah, yeah. that's so great. And I love that. I love like little things that um, make life easier, especially in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, Rebecca, thank you so much for uh, coming on today. I so 
enjoyed this chat and really appreciate you taking the time to, um, to speak with me. So thank you so much. I did too. Thank you, Amber. I had a great time. Let me go ahead and close this in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, um, for this day and for this season. And Lord, I pray in a special way for, um, all the moms listening that they can find, uh, just a sense of, of peace and, and quiet in their, in their hearts, even if on the outside, it might not seem peaceful and quiet that they can just, um, establish, um, some peace and some time with you, Lord, in their day today. Uh, Jesus, we, we love you and we offer, uh, this time to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi friends, thanks for listening in today. I really found it helpful when Rebecca talked about realizing our unique gifts and discerning what the essentials are for our individual families. I wanted to mention that Annunciation Designs has an awesome resource called Fiat Ordo, and one of the exercises in that book has helped me to do just what Rebecca was talking about with thinking about your ideal and then taking steps towards achieving that. So I'll link to that in the show notes. But especially during this Advent season, I think it's a great time to really figure out what are the essentials for me and for my family, and maybe start to trim the excess that might actually be adding more stress to our days. So whether it's important for you to have homemade meals every day, or to be celebrating saint feast days each week with your kids, taking some time in prayer to ask God, what is going to be the most beneficial for my family and help us to draw closer to you. And Lord, help me to let go of the things that aren't as important for us right now. Thanks for listening in today, friends. Until next time, you all are in my prayers. God bless.